Hello and welcome to the First and Ten podcast. I'm Dave, I am your host today, it's just me once again. Um, me and Ross are going to be back, I think next week. Um, we've got some stuff coming up, well tonight, uh, we're going to do a mock draft tonight, you can join in on that, we're going to live stream that. Um, yeah, just go through it, chat for our picks, chat for other people's picks. Yeah, we did it last year, it was uh, quite a lot of fun, so yeah, going to do it again, might do a couple of uh, different things, but if you want to get involved in that... Um, We'll be posting out the links this evening. So, yeah, if uh, I mean, you might be listening to this after it's even happened. So, sorry if that is the case. But uh, keep an eye on Facebook and Twitter and you'll be able to join them leagues there. But um, today, I'm going to run through fantasy football for beginners. Well, I say beginners, some of this stuff is probably useful for everyone. And I'm not claiming to be an absolute expert. Um, but I've played fantasy for a long time time now play too many leagues probably but um yeah just some tips on well from setting up a league all the, the real basics through to drafting um through to trading and then some waivers and free agency and then uh yeah i'm sure there'll be some other bits that pop up in between so yeah i say it's for beginners overall but there's probably some stuff for people out there that you know have been playing for a while maybe want to get better or want to uh yeah, enjoy fantasy more. So, yeah, we'll get straight in. Some of you would have probably already done this by now, and it is setting up a league. I mean, there's a few things that are really important with setting up a league. I mean, first of all, it is the place to play it. Um, for me, Sleeper is by far the best site these days. Um, there's so many around. Um, I mean, of like the sort of mainstream ones, I guess. Um, Yahoo was always my favourite, but... I mean, people play ESPN, the NFL, sort of their own one. Um, neither of them are my favourites in the world, but I think a lot of it's what you get used to. But, I mean, yeah, for me, Sleeper is the most user-friendly, the most... I mean, they're always adding new things throughout the season. You'll always see all the different stuff they're adding. So, yeah, I mean, we don't get paid for any of these. So if any of these uh, sites want to sponsor us, then I happily say that this is the best one. But, yeah, right now, uh, yeah, completely independent. I say Sleeper is the best site. So for me, yeah, start on Sleeper. Then you're looking at the size of the league. For me, 12 is the ideal number. Um, it it sort of gives a good mix of... The teams aren't too strong, um, but it does leave the waivers and free agency with a... There's a little bit there. There's not too much. I feel, yeah, 12 is the perfect number for me. Um, 10 team leagues are fine, but I think sometimes they become a bit too strong and any less than that. I mean, you can play with eight. You can play with six if you really want to, but we'll get onto the roster spot soon. But I think if you're playing them shorter leagues, you really need to add some flex spots or add roster spots throughout just to make it a bit deeper. But yeah, 12 is the ideal number. You can go more again, 14, 16. I mean, I've seen that some even up to 32 teams. There, you're going to be your proper ones, proper deep sleepers and where you're going to be starting some players that uh yeah not many people have heard of so if you're really into looking who the detroit lions fifth receiver might be who might give you a couple of catches for 20 yards and that might be the difference in your game then yeah you really want to be looking at some of these bigger leagues but for most people i think yeah 10 to 12 with 12 being the ideal number really um for playoffs, again, I'd always recommend six teams getting into the playoffs. That gives you the top two getting a bye, which rewards the best players for the season. Most leagues are going to be head-to-head, so you're going to play a different person each week. You're going to play one-on-one. One on one. If you 
score more points than your opponent, you win that week. And then, yeah, it, six team playoffs gives the teams the best records that bit of a bonus. You know, you've you've got a week off, basically. Fantasy can be so random. The one playing the six is not that big for an advantage. It's not, on the whole, them teams are going still going to be pretty evenly matched and any team can win it. So the top two getting a reward for their regular season, I think is always a good thing. And getting the bye week there definitely helps them straight through the semi-finals. So then six will play three, four will play five, and then the winners will play them top two teams. But yeah, again, you can do whatever you want with it. If you want to do eight teams, four teams, whatever. I think fantasy, a lot of it is just trying. And if you're playing multiple leagues, I think keeping them different is such a good idea. With our first and ten leagues, we were trying to keep them a little bit different. Um, the first and ten cup this year's got tight end premium, so I mean, I haven't got onto PPR yet, but um, tight ends get extra points for every catch they get compared to wide receivers and running backs. So that's a way of mixing it up. Or you can do two quarterback or super flex. Um, again, these are more complex swings, but they are things that keep fancy interesting. And I mean, if you're starting out, just keep it simple. Don't go too crazy. Go over pretty standard setup. One quarterback, I mean, I think the standard setup these days is one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, and one flex position. So that's someone who's wide receiver, running back, or tight end. You can play any of one of those positions at one spot. So, And then, obviously, a kicker in defence. But, again, we'll get on to them. Um, those of you who plan our first and ten leagues know that I'm not a fan of kickers or defences. But the standard leagues are going to have them in there. Um, so, yeah. PPR, a lot of you would have seen this when you're starting out in fantasy. You probably think, what the hell is that? It's very, very simple. Literally means point per reception. So Julian Edelman, he catches four passes in a game for 40 yards. In a standard league, even though PPR has sort of become the standard now, standard league still would be no PPR. So in standard league, four catches, 40 yards. You get four points for them, 40 yards. So every 10 yards gets you a point. In PPI, you get eight points because he's got four catches on top. So every catch he gets gets you an extra point. For me, PPI is more fun. I think the purists out there prefer non-PPR, but I think PPI is the more fun. I think it brings more players into sort of relevance. I think some of these players that don't necessarily score loads of yards, um, sort of get loads of yards and score loads of touchdowns, it does bring in more players, which I think in fantasy is definitely helpful. I think in stand, I think sometimes a player pool can be a little bit thin, where PPR, you're bringing in some extra running backs, some extra wide receivers, and I think that really helps. But yeah, PPR, it's not as hard as it sounds. Um, and as I said, in our first 10 we've got tight end premium, which is yeah, literally where tight ends get extra points. Um, just to make them, again, more important and sort of balance out them compared to running backs and, tight, um, running backs and wide receivers. Sorry. Um, there are other things to look at when you're starting out a league. Um, some of you would have seen IDP. That's uh, individual defensive players. So for me, it's not it's not a format I've ever enjoyed. But again, there's people out there that absolutely love IDP. So most fantasy leagues, probably what ninety nine percent maybe, will have just even no defense or you just draft a whole team defence. So every time they get a sack or an interception or score a touchdown, you get points for that. Where in an IDP league, you'll be drafting individual players. So you draft Aaron Donald, you draft whoever it might be, and then you get points for their individual sort of stats. The same as you would with the offensive players in a normal fantasy league. I say I am far from an expert in IDP. 
we'll probably try and get somebody maybe to uh, talk about IDP because it's just not not something I've played it a couple of times. It's just not been for me. It's not something I particularly enjoy. But I think that's the thing about fantasy. If it is something you enjoy, there'll be a league out there for you. There'll be people playing it, and if you uh, join. You know, you can look on our Facebook, um, our Twitter. We'll have lots of leagues. And if you want to advertise your league, then feel free to drop us a message or just send us a link and say, please retweet this. We're more than happy to help you fill out your leagues. But whatever you're looking for, there'll be something for you. And I think that's the thing about fantasy. It's just getting involved. It's such a good way of um, either learning about players. Um, It's amazing how quickly, as I said, you do learn some of these random wide receivers from different teams and all of a sudden you're you know who's the third string quarterback on each team and all that sort of thing someone goes down and all of a sudden you you know exactly who these players are it's a really good way of learning players and a really good way of I mean I think watching other games not necessarily in your team to to sort of enjoy them games I mean if any those of you who watch NFL Red Zone, fantasy football is sort of designed <laughs> like they go hand in hand. They're so good for that. Every uh, touchdown on there, so every time one of your players does something, you will see it. Yeah, I think the thing, main thing with fantasy and setting up a league is just do it. Just get involved. If you're not sure, just, all these all these sites will have pretty standard settings. If you're not sure, just go with the standard settings. Don't muck around with it too much. But the more you get into it, the more you want to play around with it. You can adjust how many points it's quarterback gets i mean in all our first and 10 leagues quarterbacks get six points for a passing touchdown and minus two for interception where i think most standard leagues are four points and then minus one so just increases the value of uh quarterbacks there um one last thing i'll just talk about we said other leagues is super flex we can mention it before but that super flex is literally like i said before a flex spot where you get wide receiver a running back or tight end a super flex just means you can play a quarterback there as well. So it's essentially a two quarterback league. Super flex leagues basically just bring quarterbacks more into sort of relevance. In a normal league, you really don't want to be drafting a running back, a quarterback early. Sorry, it there's not that much difference in fantasy on the whole between quarterback one and quarterback fifteen. Not saying there's not any difference, but for sort of the cost of drafting them, then. On the whole, you don't want to be picking them. But Superflex just brings them quarterback values up. And six-point passing in particular really means that a quarterback could realistically be drafted number one overall, where in other leagues it just doesn't happen. But yeah, Superflex zone to look into once you've sort of maybe played a few more seasons. But to start out, just stick to the basics. Don't worry too much about all the different settings. There's a lot... Of, when you set these leagues up, there's a lot of different options. Just stick with what it is. But yeah. Feel free, once you've played a little bit, just have a play around. Sometimes people go a bit crazy with some of these settings. And I mean, I've played in one league. It was a, a league where you were trying to draft the worst players. So the players were the most turnovers, the worst running backs, the wor- just the worst roster you could. And uh, that was pretty fun. But yeah, if, you, if you're not sure, just stick to the basics and stick with what they give you. Uh, next up, we're going to get to the draft. The most fun bit of fantasy for me. Um... Yeah, I, I love drafting. It's so much fun. Um, on the whole, most drafts are going to be a snake draft. You will get auction drafts, but we're going to concentrate on snake drafts just because, I mean, again, auction drafts are a bit more um, involved and a bit more for advanced players. Um, we might talk about auction leagues. Maybe I'll do something next week on auction leagues because they are a really fun thing. But, yeah, most leagues are going to be a snake draft. So the draft order goes... 
in one round it'll go one way in the next round it'll flip so if you're picking last in first round you pick first in the second round and then that keeps going all the way through the draft like a snake funnily enough um yeah most leagues won't trade draft picks but some that do it can be an interesting little sort of wrinkle on a on a on a um on a draft sorry but i mean on the whole trading draft picks doesn't end up happening most leagues, everyone wants to trade back, acquire extra picks. No one really wants to trade up, and it can just become a bit of a, a bit of a palaver where every pick it gets, someone says pick available or whatever. So on the whole, trading draft picks doesn't happen too much. That's more of a thing that happens during the season, and I mean that's part of the setup. If you're if you're going to carry on these leagues for future years, you can definitely set up trading draft picks. If it's going to be sort of more of a one-off, then you want to be just sort of keeping it no draft picks just trading players but if you can trade draft picks it does make things a lot more interesting can make some trading a lot easier but say we'll get onto trading later but um one thing i've just remembered from that first bit is three different types of league so you you, redraft is standard so that'll be just a one season league get them to the season then them uh teams are just finished next year you go again redraft completely keeper um is where you do that um you redraft each year but you'll get to keep so many players for the next season so i mean in one particular one i do we keep four players and there's a penalty for every player you keep so if a player was drafted in the sixth round it costs you two rounds higher than that so it costs you your fourth round pick to keep that player but they're the two sort of more redraft ones and then dynasty is where you draft a team and keep it all these leagues have their own individual rules but on the whole, Dynasty Leagues, you pretty much keep the roster forever. Um, you have a rookie draft each year for the rookies coming out. And, yeah, it's a really fun and a lot more involved. And, I mean, none of this is actually like being a real GM, but it's more like that um, Dynasty. It's sort of more involved, more... Your decisions have more consequences for years to come. When a redraft, you can make a bad pick, make a bad uh, trade, and, I mean, a few more weeks and it's done, probably. So... Yeah, um, I'll get back to draft now, sorry. So I've written down a, a few things that I think are just really important when it comes to drafting. Um, the first one is have a plan. It seems obvious, but so often people don't go in with a plan. And I'm not talking you necessarily need to go, I'm going to pick Saquon Barkley at number two. Because Saquon Barkley might not be there at number two, probably will be, but um, some might pick him at number one. You need to be flexible. That's the, I think that's the big thing. Have a plan, but be flexible. If your if your plan is to take running back with your first two picks, but I don't know, the fir- you're picking eight and the first seven picks are running backs, then it might not be the best thing to take one. You don't want to be reaching for players. That's that's the important thing. Don't reach for position. Just try and, on the whole, try and draft best player available, or at least sort of um, within the limits of the players there because I mean on the whole running backs are shallower pool of players where wide receiver you can pick up some later but yeah the big thing is have a rough plan but leave it to be rough um if I know I don't know you might want to draft you might be drafting early you've drafted Christian McCaffrey number one overall so you're picked at the back end of the second your your plan was to get a second running back or go go wide receiver say go wide receiver because I've already done running back example through the second round, I don't know, five wide receivers have gone off the board, but it means that somebody, uh, Nick Chubb's fallen to the back end of the second. Don't be so set in your ways that if a player falls, you can't take them. Um, the main thing to do, 
if everyone else is zigging, you want to zag. It's it's so obvious, but so rarely does it actually happen. I think too often people get stuck in a plan and they want to take this player at this spot, but there might be a better option available just because other people have drafted maybe a little bit weirdly or unexpectedly. Yeah, just make sure you can be flexible. Um, next point is to really know your league. If your league's PPR, if your league's got some sort of um, quirk, well, maybe you play an extra flex spot, so you've got... I mean, one of our leagues, we, there's no tight end spots, but there's three flex spots. So you can play tight ends in them, tight ends in them. So, but it means you don't necessarily have to draft a tight end in that one. Or, I don't know, like tight end premium. Tight ends all of a sudden have more value, and if some people haven't read them rules, they're not going to know that. Um, and it'll happen more than you realise that people don't know the rules of the leagues they're drafting on. So just make sure you know what roster spots you've got in your league. Um, yeah, the point system... Most leagues are going to have a pretty standard system, but just look out for those little quirks and yeah, just make sure you know your league. And It seems obvious, but you'd be amazed how often people don't know that. Um, another one, it sort of comes back to the plan, but have a rough idea of how many you want each position. If you've got, I don't know, 10 starting spots and 5 bench spots, know that you might want, on your bench, you might want a couple of wide receivers and two running backs and maybe one backup quarterback. Something like that. It, but again, like I'm saying with the have a plan, just be flexible with that. Have a rough idea, but if it doesn't work out that way, don't necessarily force yourself to take a wide receiver when it might not be the best option at that point. Because, that, yeah, it's, that's never a good thing to be sort of... I mean, how often do we see it in the actual NFL draft where, play, where teams draft a need and it doesn't work out for them? They reach up, take a cornerback because someone else has gone and it's not the best pick. So, yeah, just make sure you... Have an idea, go into a draft, know your league, have a plan, have a rough idea of what you want to get out of it and what you want to have at the end of the draft, but yeah, be flexible with it and make sure you can adjust on the fly and be aware of what other people are drafting because I think a lot of people, they'll make their pick, say they're doing it on a live draft, two minutes a pick, they'll flick over to, I don't know, Twitter or whatever, just flicking through there. Not even really knowing who other people are drafting. Just, yeah, keep an eye on your draft. See what other people are doing. Because they can quite often, once a quarterback goes, say, there can quite often be a run on them. Once a tight end goes, there can quite often be a run. You just need to be aware of these so you're not caught out by it, basically. And, yeah, just be flexible enough. Being flexible is such a, val- a valuable asset to have when it comes to drafting fantasy. And, uh, yeah, not enough people do it. Just being flexible will give you such an advantage over so many people you play against. Um, the next one, and I know I said about reaching, but don't be afraid to draft a player ahead of their ADP if you're, or that's average draft position, sorry for those of you um, that don't know, sorry. Um, yeah, don't be afraid to draft players ahead of that if you really like them. Have your own rankings. I'm not saying you need to sit there and rank all however many players it is, even if it's top 250 or something. You don't need to do that. But if you've, I don't know, June Edelman's ADP is the... 12th round, say, I don't know if that is it, I've made that number up, but you think he's a 10th rounder, don't be afraid to take Julian Edelman there and sort of back up and go through and follow your convictions, because that's quite often going to work out better for you, if you've got, if you feel really strongly that this player is should be going in this round, don't be afraid to take them, and don't be afraid to jump ahead, because it's so often people will do that, so I don't know, Julian Edelman, you'll leave him in the 10th, someone three picks that it will take him, and you'll be so disappointed about it. 
it happens all the time. I don't know why I'm using Julian Edelman as an example here all the time. Uh, I think it's the second time I've used him, but for him anyway. Yeah, if you really like a player, don't be afraid to take them early. If you think he's going to have a big season, don't be afraid to take him early in his ADP. And the other thing as well, I haven't written this down, but don't be the person that comments on every pick and laughs and slags off everyone's pick. Don't get me wrong, some of the best bits of a draft are doing that. I'm not going to say I'm not guilty of it, but don't be that person that's always doing it and make it being the person that's always making it hard for other people to draft and... It's no, it's no fun. Nobody likes that. No, when if you're that person, nobody enjoys you doing it. I promise you. It's one thing doing it a little bit, but sort of constantly commenting on everyone else's picks and saying, "Oh God, I wouldn't have taken him there." All that type of thing. Worse than that, obviously. You know, you, you those of you been in draft, drafts, you know what I'm talking about. Don't be that person. Say a bit of banter around the picks is encouraged. I, I think most leagues would say it, but. Yeah, don't be that person that has to sort of slag off every pick and analyse every pick. And I know some people will be a fan of the Browns, say they might want to take Jarvis Landry earlier than they should take Jarvis Landry just because they want to they want him on the team or they're a Giants fan and they take Golden Tate early because they if fantasy. I think what's important is for me, I always have a bit of a policy of not drafting players I don't like. I don't want to be rooting for... I mean, I'm not going to use individual names. I'm sure if you've uh, listened to this podcast enough, you've heard the names of people that I don't like. I mean, I'll, I'll go with one then. Tyreek Hill. Weirdly, I have actually drafted him a few times this year, but on the whole, that's just because I've got so many teams that I have got him in a couple of spots just because I couldn't pass him. But on the whole, don't draft players that you don't like rooting for because it makes it a lot less fun. It's a lot more fun if you're a Patriots fan to root for Cam Newton than it is if you've drafted who else are going around him. Well, just Sam Darnold. They're going to the same sort of area. It's a lot more fun to root for Cam Newton and don't take it too seriously. Like it's, obviously, it's different if you're playing in money leagues or more serious leagues Then maybe you want to sort of throw fans about the way. But, I mean, don't don't be afraid to take players that you just enjoy watching or you find fun like Christian McCaffrey's fun to watch again he's the first overall pick so it's hard for you to take in there but I mean who else is a fun player to watch uh George Kittle say don't be afraid to take him early just because he's fun to watch he's, he's much more fun having him on your team than someone that's boring um my final thing and it is so frustrating when I see people not do this don't draft kickers and defences until the final two rounds. Maybe final three if you really like a defence. There's no value in it. Defences come and go each year. You, it's not unpredictable, but there'll be a defence that jumps out of the pack. Stream defences. Stream, 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 stream with defences. I know there's people out there that completely disagree with me, but... Drafting a defence is dreadful. And drafting a kicker in particular, they're so random. This is why on most of the first and ten leagues, we do not have kickers. They're so random and there's nothing more frustrating than some random kicker putting up 21 points out of nowhere. He scored seven field goals and that's lost you a game or won you a game. Well, if it's not frustrating if it's won you a game, but you've lost a game because some random kickers put up seven field goals, a couple of extra points... For 23 points, he's one of the highest scoring players that week. Draft kickers eight. They are so random. I'm not saying some don't jump out from the pack. Uh, Tucker, obviously, is better than some of the others, and Goskowski was going back. But 
on the whole, they're so random. Don't draft them until the final round. You're just wasting opportunity to take players that you're much better taking a flyer on a run, on a wide receiver or a running back or even a tight end than drafting a kicker. Draft a kicker in your final pick every single time. Sometimes I don't even draft a kicker. I just pick one up the week before the draft. I'd rather have random wide receiver that might be starting or breaking out and I'll just pick up a random kicker. Yeah, don't draft defences to the round before that or at very earliest the round before that, third from the end because you're just wasting an opportunity to get better and more important players that are harder to find. On the whole, most people won't roster backup defences. Some will in some leagues, but even if you do in a 12-team league, if everyone has a backup defence, which never happens, that's 24 drafted, you'll be able to find one from them, other eight teams, every single week that's got a good matchup. They might be playing the Jags that week or whoever it might be this season. You can just stream those defences, base it on matchup, and you're going to be in a much better position than if you're drafting some really good defence. It doesn't always translate to fancy points either, I should say that. It doesn't always translate being a good defence to fancy points because a good defence doesn't necessarily get lots of turnovers or whatever. It might just be that they're really rigid, not giving up much, but they don't necessarily put it on the stat sheet, which is all about fancy. In some ways, you're a lot better having a team that, I don't know, gets a kick return because defences do include special teams in fantasy and a kick return's worth more than pretty much anything else in... Uh, fancy or a pick six so yeah don't draft them till late don't draft quarterbacks late in a one quarterback till late into one quarterback league there's just no value in it wait until you can get a Kirk Cousins Matthew Stafford whoever it might be quarterback sort of 10 to 20 just draft a couple of those you'll be in a much better spot and that's it basically for drafting um I mean there's plenty of other stuff as you get into it there's a lot more complex stuff to get in with drafting but yeah that's the rough idea have a plan but be flexible is the most important thing I can say to you if you've got one thing in your head is have a plan be flexible um now we get to trading something that I think even experienced players can have a bit of a tough time with like I know that sometimes I I've got hit things here written down that I know I don't do it myself at times because whether it's through laziness or sometimes you do get bad offers and you think, oh, it's not worth my time even bothering with this. But, I mean, the first thing I've written down is don't be afraid to counter and don't... I mean, the worst case is someone doesn't accept. They reject the offer. Um, yeah, someone sends you an offer. It might not look great. It might be... You might be thinking, oh, what is this? Don't be afraid to send back something that you want from their team. Just... Getting discussion going is a really good way and the easiest way to get trades through. As I say, sometimes I know that I am guilty of this and I just reject a trade, don't even think about it ever again. That's not the way to get trade. And I know so often people will say in leagues that trades don't happen or they struggle to trade and people don't want to trade. A lot of times it's because people don't counter. Um, they might send you an offer for, I don't know, your, you've got Dalvin Cook, they send you an offer they're sending you Tyreek Hill back. You might not be interested in that, but you might be interested in one of their other players. Don't be afraid to get that discussion started and say, oh, I don't want this deal, but is this player available or is that player available or would you be interested in this instead or whatever it might be. Just get the discussion going because you're going to get a lot more trades going through that way and you're going to be a lot more successful with those trades. Um, the other thing, similar sort of thing, don't be afraid to be that person. I keep saying don't be afraid. Sorry about this. It's uh, obviously the thing I'm saying at the moment. Um, yeah, just throw out a lot of trades. Uh, if you're 
sat there on, I don't know, Thursday, you might be bored at work, looking for your fancy football teams. They're afraid to just throw out a few trades to a few teams, uh, a few trade offers. They might not be great, they might not be the best offers in the world, but sometimes, as I say, you can get that discussion going. Um, and equally, on the other end, if someone does throw out them trade offers, so often they're just a sort of trade. On the whole, people aren't going to send out their best offer straight away. I mean, no one negotiates that way, do they? No one's sending out their absolute best offer. So sometimes a trade offer can look bad. But sometimes I'll just throw out a trade offer just to sort of get things going and see if someone's got any interest in either trading away or trading for my players. So yeah, so don't instantly dismiss some offers just because they look a bit bad. Um, either tell the person, say, oh, I'm not really interested or in trading this player away or I don't want your uh, lot, your two players for this one player or whatever it might be. Yeah, just throw out a few trade offers because that's always the best way to start them. Either countering other offers or getting offers in or throwing out your own trades or even just dropping the person a message. It doesn't necessarily have to be in, like an official offer, but dropping the person a message. Are you, do you fancy trading, I don't know, Jack Doyle or something? I don't know. Some random tight end, whoever it might be. Whatever it is, just say, do you, are you interested in that player or are you... Interesting training away. What would you be interested in from my team? Because discussion is always going to be the way to get these trades done. Um, one thing I would say when you are making offers, if you really want to get trade offers through, you need to make sure them trades are... I mean, so often people throw out trades that are just... Like, they come through to me and I think, how would you... You would never accept that if this was the other, other way around. So flip the roles... If you were on that other team, would you accept that offer? Would you accept the two bench players you're sending to this other team for their starter? Would you accept that? Because so often with trades, it's just unrealistic and people wouldn't accept that. I think flipping roles is such an easy way to evaluate a trade because that's you've got you've got to be looking at it from the other person's point of view and would they want that trade? And if they if the answer is no, then you probably need to relook at it and. Think of a different offer. Um, don't always feel like you have to be the winner in a trade. Sometimes trades will benefit... Or, well, often trades will benefit both teams if they're going through. You would hope they would anyway. But sometimes you might get less of a benefit than the person you're trading with. But it still makes your team better. That doesn't necessarily, That's still a good trade for you. Every time you're making your team better, you're improving your team and you're improving your chance of winning. So, I don't know, you might just basic numbers you might improve your team by one point per week like projected standings i'm not necessarily saying you should trade that because there's other factors that go into it whether it's i don't know you might be risking you might be making your running back sort of group a little bit thin by trading a running back away say so you might not want to trade it for that but you're improving your team by one point per week the other person's improving theirs by two points per week you've still both improved your team don't you don't have to always have the better end of it. And so many people are so worried about that. And that's where you see so many trades collapse because people are so worried that they haven't won the trade. And you see it all the time if you're on any social media or follow any of these sort of fancy accounts. People ask them, who won this trade? Who won this trade? It doesn't really matter. If your team got better, you've won the trade. Don't worry about the other person. It's a winning trade for you. You've made your team better. You have improved your chances of taking down the championship at the end of the season if your team has got better. Um, one really, really big thing that I think so many people do, 
and it really very rarely ends up happening is two for one trades three for one trades sometimes four for one trades i've mentioned already but you offer me your four players from your bench they're never going to start for you they're players that you might even drop they add up to 20 points per week projected you offer me someone for my 20 points per week projected player that one player is my starter we said Dalvin Cook before we say Dalvin Cook again you offer me I don't know I don't know I can't think of the players but to add up to that but so for random players they might get five points per week they're very rarely going to start for a team players who are projected five points per week it'd be a pretty desperate situation if they are you offer me that for that for Dalvin Cook the numbers say it's 20 points per week that does it's not equal you aren't gonna no one wants your four bench players for that one start or your three bench players for that one start or your maybe slightly worse start on a bench player. People don't want that. People, on the whole, people will trade for depth and sometimes they can be a nice add-on pieces. But on the whole, people are looking to improve their starting lineup. That's a really important thing with fantasy. There might be... I don't know. They might want their. They might want the handcuff. So that's the. So a handcuff is a backup, basically. Um, you've got, you've got Cam Newton. You've drafted him. You want Jarrett Stidham as the handcuff because he's the backup. So Cam Newton goes down for injury. You've got the backup there already. So sometimes that can have more value. But on the whole, in trades, people are looking to improve their starting lineup. I say there will be other occasions, but nine times out of ten, it's a starting lineup that really matters. The other pieces are just throw-ins. So you're two for one doesn't necessarily like, I'm, not, I'm not saying it never works and sometimes it will happen and sometimes these do get through but on the whole these two for one trades where you're giving someone two worse players for one better player just never happen they don't work and if they do it's probably not the fairest trade in the world um which brings me to vetoes trade vetoes should never happen unless a trade is um a collusion if it's collusion, then the, them two people should be booted out of the league to start with. Too. That's as simple, as simple as it gets. They should be kicked out of the league. They shouldn't be in there anymore because collusion is cheating. No matter what people try and how people try and spin it, collusion is cheating. Other than that, bad trades should not be vetoed. The worst leagues are the ones where trades go to a vote in the in the, in the uh, team managers. It's just not a good system because it brings in so many other issues where, you know, someone you arrival with gets a good trade, you vote it down just because it makes their team better and it might make them better than you. Them sort of things are really bad. You want a commissioner who's strong, puts a trade through, decides on the trades. If they're collusion, veto them straight away. If they're not, or if you can't prove they're not, then you can't veto. That's It's as simple as it gets. I mean, there have been times in leagues I've been in where there has been talk of vetoes because it changed the league so much, and I'm sure some of the people listening to this right now will know exactly what I'm talking about. But at the end of the day, you can't veto trades just because somebody's made a bad decision. At the end of the day, some people will be bad at fantasy football and make bad trades. You just have to be lucky to be the right on the right end of that. And that's part of throwing out the offers and don't be afraid to counter because they're, they're where these trades are happening, where people are going back from the forwards, trying to make trades with people. And sort of, it sounds really harsh, but preying on the weak player. It's, you've got to, that's one of the things of fancy, knowing, knowing your opponents and knowing the players that you can get a deal from. You might know that somebody, 
like I said before, they're a Giants fan. They really like Golden Tate compared more than the general person would. You give them Golden Tate in a Golden Tate in a trade offer, you might get a little bit more back from him because it's somebody that he values more. And knowing that about your other players is really important. And but yeah, veto should not happen unless it's for collusion. You see it all the time. Should this trade be vetoed? The answer, the simple answer is no. If it keeps happening, um, find a different league. And I know it's not it's not as simple as that all the time, but it sort of has to be that simple, really. Um, but yeah, that's sort of it for trading. Again, there's other bits, but that's sort of the important points. Yeah, just discussion. Discussion, discussion, discussion is the key to getting trades done. Um, the final thing is a shorter one, but it's just waivers and free agency. So waivers... All teams, in well, most leagues, players will go to waivers uh, once their game started or if they've been dropped from another team. So that gives everyone a chance to put a claim in. So some leagues will have a free agent budget, so you can um, pay, you get, say, $100 per year. You bid, like a blind bid, $20 to pick up a free agent. You have the highest bid, you get that player. But then you only, obviously, you lose 20 off of your budget. Other leagues, it will be a roll in waivers, so. Um, if you got the first pick, but then you pick up a free a, a waiver, uh, acquire someone through waivers, you'll then go to the back of the queue, um, and then it rolls through. And then others will reset every week, and the worst team gets top priority, and the best team gets lower priority. It's just different ways of doing it. Um, again, what suits you is... It, there, there's nothing that's sort of better than the others in them. It's just sort of what suits your league. I think the free agent acquisition budget is becoming more of a... I think these days, but um, yeah, going back, sort of rolling waivers was probably the one, and probably in a lot of ways the one I like the most, but it's more just what I've played for so long, but yeah, waivers are pretty simple, it's just picking players up that are free agents, and then once it gets, normally then waivers are processed on Wednesday, so you can have the games, game week finish on Monday, go through on Tuesday, pick your waivers, they go through on the Wednesday, and then all them players that didn't get picked up will become free agents that you can then pick up that is how most leagues will work but a couple of things to do with free agency and waivers firstly don't make moves just for the sake of it you see it so often in leagues where i mean some people just feel the need to pick someone up every week and then the next week they'll be dropping them don't do that well i say don't do it if you want to do it feel free but so often moves are made just for the sake of it and yeah it's not great the other thing is really keep an eye on what other players are doing and keeping on the drops because, I mean, sometimes there's some really odd drops and especially on that Wednesday waivers, you can see some weird drops and a lot of time people aren't necessarily keeping an eye. They've done all their research on the Tuesday. They know the players that are free agents. They haven't spotted that, I don't know, the running back 20s randomly being dropped from another team and they're there for the waivers. So I'm putting a claim and then you can get some real bargains that way. And that's uh, I think that's the two most important things of free agency and just being aware of sort of what's coming up for your team. It, uh, it's a lot easier to pick up a free agent on a Friday for the following week than it is to get them through waivers. If you know that you've got a, I don't know a bye week you need to cover, make do it a week or two ahead. It gives you a lot more options. It can being aware of what you've got coming up makes your life a lot easier. Knowing that you've got a bit of a you might have drafted three players with a week eight bye. Just when it gets to week six, week seven, start looking ahead and maybe picking up some players that are going to start for you in week eight. You might look at some of the matchups for that week. 
I don't know. The Cowboys have got a an easy an easy week eight game. I don't know this. I'm just again making this up. I don't know. You might want to go and pick out CD Lamb. Might be a free agent in your league still. Go out and pick up CD Lamb in week six, week seven, and in week eight, you're good to go. You've you haven't got a sort of worry about anymore it just makes your life a lot easier and again it comes into that planning the sort of knowing what your team your team can do uh one last thing i've just seen here that i didn't mention on the trading trade calculators they can be useful do not use them as like gospel feel free to plug in the stuff but i mean one trade calculator next will give you completely different results some of them are better than others some of them are really bad some of them are sort of all right but on the whole, you can use them as a guide and maybe a rough estimate, but you're a lot better looking at, I don't know, say, Fancy Pros. So Fancy Pros collate different rankings from lots of different people. So you're going to get like an overall ranking. So you're a lot better looking at that, looking at where the players rank compared to each other and doing it that way. A trade calculator could be such a, a trade killer because, like I was saying, people that feel they need to win... All of a sudden, the trade calculator doesn't quite give them the numbers they think they should get. And it calls off a trade. Where it doesn't necessarily mean it should... That trade calculator is probably not set up for your league specifically. You might have, like I said, super flex or two point, uh, six-point passing touchdowns at quarterbacks or tight end premium or, I don't know, running backs get points for attempts. Them trade calculators probably won't, unless you're paying for one, they probably won't be able to be tailored to your league. So I don't... Yeah, don't use them as a be-all and end-all. Feel free to use them as a guide, but don't don't sort of be turned off from a trade just because that doesn't sort of say it's a winner for you. Be free to make your own decisions on that, and yeah, go ahead and yeah, make your own decisions. Use it as a tool and one of many tools, but don't use it as like the tool because yeah, they can be quite yeah quite bad at times but yeah that's it for this week really so i'll try and do some more of these fancy ones and maybe get more into some more of the complex things i said maybe some uh auction drafts i'm thinking of doing an auction draft just for the season if uh for one final league i mean we've got about 23 leagues i think across first and 10 leagues right now so it's pretty busy already but what's one more um, yeah, auction can be a really fun way of drafting. It's completely different to a snake. You get a lot more strategy to it and a lot more things to it. But um, yeah, we'll get to that next week anyway. Um, yeah, so as I said, tonight me and Ross will be doing a mock draft. Again, a lot of you might have already been... Uh, it might have already happened before you've listened to this. But if it has, we'll probably be doing some more through the week. But we're going to be streaming tonight's draft. We're going to be chatting through it. Me and Ross will be... Uh, on there talking through our picks we're talking through other people's picks and maybe some players we like players we don't like um those of you who have played fantasy before you with ross uh, you will know he is a maniac he loves making some unconventional moves but it certainly makes leagues fun when you're in there with ross because you never quite know what's going to happen yeah he's a fun fantasy player to play with ross because yeah i think calling him a maverick probably undersells undersells him uh, and his fantasy style but yeah we'll be there tonight and we'll post out links for you to join there'll be 10 other spots for people um yeah so feel free to join in with us we will have our 100th episode coming up on monday i recorded it so long ago now because i thought we were gonna have a lot more episodes this off season but due to ross starting a new job me being absolutely insane at work we have just not really put out as many episodes as we thought we would we're trying to get back to one every day of the every weekday 
um, as much as possible, we're going to. It's been yeah, it's been really hard. And I know we announced we were going daily. It just it didn't work out. And yeah, I am really sorry about that. Um, but yeah, we're going to try and do it through the season. I've got plans of maybe having like a, a pre-game show on a Sunday. Um, if any of you want to come on that, maybe even if it's just coming on to chat or texting or or texting. What we're talking about? We haven't a, a texting. We're not uh, live and kicking or whatever. Um, we are. Yeah, we'll read out your tweets. We'll talk to you on Facebook Live, whatever it might be. But yeah, maybe on a Sunday, about four thirty, five o'clock, maybe an hour, half hour show, just to get you warmed up for the games. Maybe talk about late injury news, that type of thing. Maybe some uh, fancy advice, only if you need some last minute decisions. But yeah, we'll be doing something with that. But anyway, so hundredth episode up next time. Thank you all so much for listening to us over all these couple of seasons. I never thought we'd make 100, to be honest. Not that I didn't want to. It just, I mean, doesn't normally work out. I think most podcasts die out in the first 10, really. So, yeah, thank you to all of you who have listened. We couldn't do it without you. Um, yeah, I think we're close to reaching that £250 target on the um, Fancy League donations, which means, well, I'm matching it anyway. But um, that'll get us to £500. But thank you very much to all of you for listening. And we will be back next time with our 100th episode.